Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This week on the Happy Half Hour. Augusta and I can create a good podcast. We can write a good story. We can keep up-to-date information on the website. I can't fix 015, so I'm going to clean up my yard. And I think that's what everybody downstairs is trying to do, is filter out some of that noise and some of that fake problems and keep the focus on the real stuff instead. Touchdown, Carolina! It's time for the Happy Half Hour with your friends, Kristen Balboni, Augusta Stone, and Darren Gantz. Welcome to the Happy Half Hour. And it's still called the Happy Half Hour, even though the football team's 0-5, because we have no control of that, and we already felt that Happy Half Hour was a good name for a podcast, and it took too much time to change it. Well, we can be happy about some things. You can... I was going to... You know, you always, like, go back to the weather, but it is raining today in Charlotte, so it's kind of like, <laughs> dang, I got nothing. Uh, like, football team's 0-5, it's raining outside <laughs> in Charlotte, you know. Yeah, it's, 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 it's tough. I mean, you know, maybe you have a nice cup of coffee or, you know, a Diet Coke. I'm a big Diet Coke girl. Get yourself a nice little drink or a snack. Find joy in the what you're consuming. I, I always like to lean into food of things that make me happy. TV what, shows. What is the food that makes Augusta Stone happy? Oh my gosh, there's on a rainy day in October. There's so many. Um, probably my favorite is um, so I grew up rural, northwest Georgia. My mama is what I call my grandmother on my dad's side. She, no, no woman from the city has ever been known as mama. Yep, she's mama, think. and uh, she has this beautiful vegetable garden every summer, and she cans her own uh, vegetable soup. It is delicious. I have tons of it because she has so much. And every time I get to go visit her, she like leaves me. It's so funny trying to get back up because I have all these jars. Um, so I probably have about five or six, and I've been eating it all the time. But anytime it's a cold day, I try to heat that up. You know, you throw some vegetable oil in it and uh, maybe have a side of a sandwich of some sort. But that is my favorite comfort food. I have it when I'm sick, when it's rainy, when it's cold, and it reminds me of home. So I will probably do that when I get home later. Get some. We call it Mama soup. It's literally just tomato-based vegetable soup, and it is amazing. That that does sound pretty good. <laughs> and the traditional sandwich that would go with Mama's vegetable soup, I would think for a lot of people, would be a grilled cheese. You, however, being a vegan, as we may have mentioned a time or two, uh, are not eating a grilled cheese on the side with Mama's vegetable soup. What is the sandwich of preference there? Hey, I make a vegan grilled cheese. I can't lie. I love um, their specific brands that I like that I won't shout out because I've seen our cart talks long enough to know that certain brands will get axed. 
So, but I like my vegan cheese. Some of it melts, some of it doesn't. It all tastes good enough to me. I haven't had cheese in like three years, so I've kind of forgotten what it's supposed to taste like anyway. So I will. I'll, I'll make my own little phony uh, grilled cheese, and I will add hot sauce to it. That usually helps. All right. Mem- memo to the marketing and sponsorship department. <laughs> Get on the official vegan cheese substitute product of the Carolina Panthers. Absolutely. The people have spoken. This is a thing we need, and people want to know I what— have- yeah, I have suggestions. People want to know what brand they should be consuming. I, I think we're in a safe space here in terms of vegan, you know, vegan food substitute products. I, I don't think you're going to be competing with anybody in this place. So what is what's the thing? Is is a vegan grilled cheese sandwich supposed to be like? Is it supposed to taste like cheese or just have the consistency of cheese? It's always the taste. The consistency is where cheese is lacking in vegan circles. Um, melting, some brands do it. Most of them don't. Um, so you're really looking for that kind of flavor profile. And most of them do a, do a decent job, I would say. Um, there's some... If you get like specific, like if you're looking for like American cheese, you're not going to get it. But maybe, you know, a smoked Gouda comp. Mm-hmm. I think you can you can get that smoky flavor pretty easily without it being meat because you can I have liquid smoke like in my cabinet. I use it all the time for for things I'm trying to make taste like smoky bacon or smoky this. So I don't know. Uh, technology science has really come a long way, even in the past like five years with like this vegan cheese situation. But no consistency. I would say that with most vegan foods, if you're looking if you're a textures person, don't don't be vegan. Just don't. All right. <laughs> see, see, when it's raining and I'm going soup, I go pretty much the opposite of vegan. Uh, my my kids know that after cooking, you know, I have a problem cooking for one person or two people. I tend to cook for eight, whether there's three people in my house or two or four or, or 12 a lot of times. Uh, so I, I will make a pot roast or something on a Monday, and then by Thursday that becomes vegetable soup. So yeah. you, know, you don't waste anything. You use the whole buffalo. That's the way I was raised. And you know when you're when you're dealing with vegetable soup like that, you know I, I to me the counterpart. I'll go grilled cheese sometimes. Grilled pimento cheese is, is the move. And I don't even want to think about what vegan pimento cheese might be like. It just feels like lump of oil that has been turned orange or something. So <laughs> That's fun. I didn't know that about you about your cooking. I, I, I love finding out things that like maybe you wouldn't know about about your about your coworkers. Yeah, like. I have problems with portion control. That's I mean cool. like but, or I think really what I want when I cook for eight to twelve people or if I make two pans of ziti at the same time, my wife's like, Who did you think was coming over? Well I was hoping people would just drop by when I was when I was growing up, my grandmother, who's God rest her soul, whose name was Willie Gant, um, she always had food going on the stove. So, I mean, the running joke would be if escaped convicts came to Willie Gant's house at four in the morning, she'd be standing there cooking, say, sit down and eat. You know? And so I keep waiting, whether it's the escaped convicts or for my kids to come home from college or, or for friends to just show up on the porch. I keep waiting for people to just show up so I can feed them. That's the thing. So. See, I would love to pull up. Maybe you can make me a vegan meal sometime. I love that, though. The, 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 and that's also another mama thing. She would always feed a lot or make a lot of food, and she was feeding Four to six mouths yeah. on a good day. <laughs> yeah. It, you you can always freeze it. You can always uh, repurpose it. You can always you can always do more, but you can't get by with less unless you're working some kind of miracle or something. Exactly. I don't know. And, and we'll get into we'll get into fishes and loaves in another episode of the Happy Half Hour, <laughs> but I think we've killed enough time and we, we are contractually obligated, even though we don't have a vegan cheese substitute sponsor here at the Carolina Panthers. We are contractually obligated to talk about Carolina Panthers football from time to time. And 
hey, here's what's going on. That football team's 0-5 right now. Not great, Bob. Um, it was a trip to Detroit that reminded me an awful lot of the trip to Atlanta. I've told Augusta before and probably said on this podcast, sometimes explaining the results of ball games is complicated. Some days it's real easy. Uh, in Atlanta, you turn it two time, turn it over two times on the road in the opener with a brand new coach and a brand new quarterback. You're probably going to lose. You go to Detroit, a team that's probably better than you by every empirical measure, and turn it over three times in the first half, and they turn it into three touchdowns. Guess what's going to happen? You are going to lose. So I think you can't you can't dismiss that kind of stuff. I mean, we can call it happy half hour. I don't feel compelled to be happy about everything that's happening around me all the time anyway. But I I think when you, and admittedly, this is a very other than that, Mrs. Lincoln kind of perspective, but I think you can dwell on those three turnovers. You can dwell on the loss. You can dwell on OM5. I think if you're trying to look at what this season's actually about, it's deciding what you've got in quarterback and figuring out, what Bryce is good at, what Bryce is able to do. And I think if you if you really wanted to just kind of isolate on that second half of football and watch the way Bryce was moving the ball around, you know, they get three touchdown passes out of the deal. Um, there were some things, you know, I, I, again, I understand nobody wants to hear about progress and individual scores. And listen, I, I am not naive. The Detroit Lions were not playing for blood in the fourth quarter of that game when Bryce was moving the ball around and doing some things. They were playing at a different pitch than they had been earlier in the game. I get that. But, you know, I I think when you think about the things that are going on, Bryce and his progress remains the most important thing about this football season. Exactly. And the the game at Detroit also, we wrote about it a lot post-game. Thankfully, it hasn't become more of a story because he's Doing all right, but Chandler Zavala's injury was extremely jarring. At least uh, you could tell from the field um, in the press box. A lot of you know confusion, just wanting to make sure he was all right. A lot of people were talking about it on Monday in the locker room, and I mean he he's come out really, really like you know he's able to uh, fly back on the plane and uh, moving around, seeing his teammates, and I think that's a good thing. It's a good sign, and I mean for those seven minutes that we wrote about, and Darren wrote a really good quick kind of update letting everybody know what happened that was posted to the website very quickly which was awesome information for our readers but um i mean those seven minutes were were tough we didn't know what was going on up they didn't know what was going on down and and that was a lot to 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 come back and you know kind of refocus and i thought you did a really cool job um after the game kind of talking about how well the only thing they can do is keep playing but you know you have that in the back of your mind through all of it and again Thankfully, he's all right. But but I think even post game, it almost felt like you know the game happened. It was important. It's very important now. But at that moment, you were focused on Chandler making sure he was all right. And then thankfully, he was able to come home right. with us in Charlotte. And I think there was a lot of doubt. I mean, when I was talking to Icky, who is as close to Chandler as anybody on this roster, because he started next to him at NC State. Those two are old friends uh, and have a lot of background together. And even standing in the locker room talking to Icky about it, he hadn't heard from him. He They had a general sense at halftime players got an update. Okay, he's got movement in all his extremities. He's awake. He's alert, all that kind of stuff. But they didn't know what that meant until, really, until they get to the airport. And fortunately, Chandler was able to catch a ride to the airport. They got him uh, to Detroit Wayne International and met us, and he was able to come home with the team. And just seeing him there on the tarmac, I think, was that moment of relief for a lot of guys. So one of the things I think I try to be cognizant of, 
we say things casually, and I, I've done this series of stories about Austin Corbett, and you say, oh, he's got a torn ACL, that's a nine-month recovery, without really experiencing that nine months or knowing what that entails. I think when people hear Frank say, oh, really bad stinger, they're like, okay, I, I smashed my shin against the bed frame this morning or something, or I stubbed my toe. They don't really – I mean, what happened to Chandler's Zavala – the essence of a stinger is it's like a nerve contusion yeah. almost. And so you take a shot at a certain place, you know, you get hit in a certain way or get turned in a certain direction, and all of a sudden there's weakness on the side of your body. And so when you see Zavala on the ground, that's kind of what's going on. I mean, he he wasn't able, because of that nerve issue, immediately to kind of move everything he was eventually able to move. So that's what that's what led to a scary moment there on the field and everything. So I don't know. Uh, he did not practice yesterday. I'm not necessarily expecting to see Chandler on the field this week, but, there, you know, it's kind of a day-to-day thing with that. But it's it, the good news is Chandler's mostly okay and is walking around. He's in good shape um, and just working on coming back from that. But it's uh, it's definitely when something like that happens, it makes – a week five game against the Detroit Lions seem like not the most important thing in the world. Exactly. And not to get ahead of ourselves too much because we do have a trip to Miami this weekend and that to preview. But <laughs> right after that, we have the bye week, which is good for a multitude of reasons and a lot of its health. I mean, we saw the injury report yesterday. It was a little lengthy. Nothing too serious from all of them, but it wasn't, you know, the, the slimmest list in the world. Um, and that's the kind of thing that a week off would, would help. I mean, Corbett's, you know, activated off pup, right. got back going, and you know, there's some other guys that you could potentially see after the after sure. the by JC. Yeah, I, like I mean, that. it's a pretty good. It's not, you know, you don't want to create a situation where here comes the cavalry, they're coming in in week week eight, but uh, exactly, you you are looking at the possibility of going into the Houston game. And seeing Xavier Woods again, seeing J.C. Horn again, seeing Austin Corbett on the field for the first time this season, and all that stuff matters deeply. And I and I think it's just at the point now, regardless how this game against Miami goes this weekend, I, I think the culmination of everything that's happened so far this season, you can kind of tell when everybody around you just needs a minute, just needs a break. I, I think... You know, it's obviously a tense situation and hasn't gone the way everybody wants it to go. But just the little, little things that wouldn't be a problem at all when you're five and zero, or even if you were three and two, or two and three, or whatever, become bigger deals. You know, the food doesn't taste as good. You know, the TV's turned up too loud, and why don't some jerk hit mute before they leave the room or so? You know, all those little things that are inconsequential on a normal day get magnified in a situation like this. And I, that's why I think it, it's important to just stay normal and to keep mm-hmm. focused on the stuff that's actually real. You know, Augusta and I can create a good podcast. We can write a good story. We can keep up-to-date information on the website. I can't fix 0 and 5, so I'm going to clean up my yard. Exactly. I'm going to do what I can do. And I think that's what everybody downstairs is trying to do is filter out some of that noise and some of that fake you know, fake problems and keep the focus on the real stuff instead. Exactly. And now that I've jumped too far ahead, I want to jump kind of back a little bit because you had a cool conversation yesterday in the locker room with a guy that was brought up to the 53, yep. help out in the secondary, DiCaprio Boodle. He's been elevated and doing a lot of special teams reps, wondering what it was like to get to know the DiCaprio Boodle. Tell me about that name, and I'm just it, it I, was, I'm it enthralled. Was, 
It was fascinating, and I don't want to give away too much stuff that will appear later this week on (laughs) Panthers.com. Shameless tease. Read it, please. Uh, But DiCaprio is an interesting cat, and, I mean, it's uh, the one thing I will share is that uh, everybody gets a nickname in this room uh, when it comes to special teams coach Chris Tabor. I mean, he's going to call you something one way or another, uh, whether you like it or not. And DiCaprio Boodle has become bottle cap. It's for, so good. For reasons, you know, I mean, it's kind of, it's ballpark. Yeah, I get it. It's Boodle bottle, sure. But uh, yeah, so it's, um, Tabor has deemed him bottle cap and he's, you know, this is the kind of stuff you end up with at a point in the season like this, when guys are hurt and you're all of a sudden dragging people in. The one thing I was talking to him about is he, he basically comes here with very little stuff. He packed a suitcase with about a week's worth of clothes in it that he could wear. But a lot of times, guys, and I'm just, this is one of my pet things. I'm fascinated by it. When guys come to town, they don't really know anybody. They don't know where they're going. They have no idea where the Midtown Target is and how to get there. Uh, they a lot of times don't have their cars. Uh, so they're, they're moving to a new place on short notice, and it's like, okay, figure out a brand-new job, figure out all new coworkers figure out where to secure food and shelter and do it fast because you got an important job. And, and Boodle was saying, I mean, he kind of laughed. He said, I knew a couple of guys just around the building. He said, but I kind of came here with a suitcase and what I had, and he keeps sending out for more stuff. He's buying some new clothes, stuff like that, a little bit at a time. But, yeah, it's a thrown-together lifestyle when you're – somebody who comes to a team cold in the middle of a season. Exactly. That's that's always interesting to me. I mean, I there, there's been guys that I've talked to that have kind of come in. They're not even coming from, you know, where they live because they were on the road and then they were signed and the whole aspect of – the lifestyle and everything it, it's a, it can be over it yeah. sounds a little overwhelming but thankfully we do have a good department for that here Kevin Winston and Jay Quanjeris shout out they do a great job and, and they help them out and, Don, <laughs> and Donnie Toner and the guys in the equipment room are lifesavers a lot of times because they've got what players need to survive I mean you can you know I've told the story before former offensive coordinator Dan Henning lived in the residence inn near the stadium for five years not for a week at a time for five years. For five years, Dan Henning lived in that hotel. I asked Dan once, how many Marriott points do you have? He said, all of them. <laughs> um, you can live your life in a stadium if you need to. You can shower and change clothes because there's clothes here for those guys. Uh, Donnie's got toothbrushes and toothpaste and shaving equipment and all the toiletries that a man would need uh, to get by. They feed them here uh, for the, you know, and there's usually a deal when a guy comes in short time, there is a hotel for them in the short term until they can find them a place here in town. But, yeah, it's there's a ton of people trying to make sure these guys have everything they need when they come to town. But uh, right now all those extra defensive bodies are, are in need because, as you mentioned, Ugh. hey, the Miami Dolphins are coming to town. Actually, we're going to their town. Um, <laughs> We've been on the road so much, it feels like. It, yeah, it's. It, I think when you get out there a couple weeks at a time, it starts to feel like, what is home anymore? Yeah. But yeah, Miami this week uh, to face the number one offense in the NFL and frankly, one of the... One of the highest octane offenses we've seen in a couple of years in the NFL. They're kind of running at uh, Patrick Mahomes, Kansas City Chiefs level there for a little bit. And and they're doing it on the ground. They're doing it in the air. They lead the league in 
total yards, passing yards, rushing yards, and points. So stopping those guys is going to be a little bit of a challenge. And I don't know that you stop them. You just get, you've just got to slow them down enough to try to hope to catch a couple breaks. And, I mean, the Panthers are once again in that situation. If they turn it over in Miami, it's probably not going to go well for them. So they've got to tighten things up offensively and, and hope for the best on defense because I really don't think there's a lot you can do to slow these guys down. A Shane, their running back, the rookie from Texas A&M, is, uh, he is out this week. He's on injured reserve. So I guess if you're looking for a silver lining on a gray, rainy day in which Augusta is making vegan grilled cheese substitute <laughs> sandwiches, you can uh, point to that. But A Shane's been amazing. He's like the only guy in league history averaging 100 yards a game and 10 yards a carry in his first three games and blah, blah, blah. You know what? Devon Shane does not have in his life. What? A win against Appalachian State. Really? That's right. The Texas A&M rookie was a part of that uh, tragic loss to the beloved Mountaineers last year when I think we held him to about 62 yards on the ground. So it's uh, – and, and I'll say we about Appalachian State without any sense of shame. <laughs> so anyway, we got that going for us. So Miami it is. Uh, what's the – See, that's the thing, and and I know you don't miss anything being vegan. It's a lifestyle, but, don't. man, when I go to Miami, I eat seafood, and I yeah. eat a lot of it usually. So anything that comes I, – I feel pretty good about things that come out of the sea. It's like a, asserting my dominance over an element I have no control over. Bring me a fish, and I will eat it. Sea. I am not getting in the sea, however, because that's, that's a road game. That's what I was just about to say. I, I have recently, <laughs> in my adulthood, grown a new fear. Darren's going to be surprised to hear this because I am a little fearful, but of the ocean. Um, when I was in middle school, high school, a kid, my dad was a big ocean guy. You know, we'd get out, we'd wade and swim and float and have a good old time. And the older I get, the more I look back and I'm like, oh my goodness. Because a lot of, there were a bunch of headlines over the summer in particular in the spring that, I mean, you know, we had the, the submersible uh, disaster and all that stuff going on in the ocean. So there was a lot of like think pieces on the ocean and how big it is and how unexplored it is and how deep it is. And I was like, no, I don't I don't even want to like get anywhere close to it anymore. Like I know we're flying over it at some point on um, Saturday and Sunday and I'm just like, you know, hopefully I'll be asleep by then because the ocean is now a new fear of mine that I did not have until like about this summer when I did. There's there's a point where you can do too much research about something. That's how I feel about the ocean. Yeah, you might need to get off the internet for a while. <laughs> I don't I don't know what's going the on. The ocean's there, too big. Now it, it is reasonable to be fearful of the ocean. I I am not going to lie. I got no business there. That's a road game. I am I am a decided underdog. Anytime I go in the sea, that's why I do not do it. I want my seafood brought to me. I do not. Care care to go and harvest it myself what? i you know the idea of being on a boat out in the middle of the big water no thank you uh it is yeah that is not for me i enjoy the products of it but i do not want to participate in that process myself for so. the fans going down to miami anybody down there going to the game darren gant what is miami seafood highlight for you man stone crabs are great stone and crab. stone crabs are great there's a lot of effort it takes a little work to get into them but i you know I dig it. I, I I like any kind of crabs. Snow crabs are great. You can get those at your area, Harris Teeter, and mm-hmm. they are a proud sponsor of the Carolina Panthers, so I don't feel bad about that Love one. Love HT. But, um, yeah, it's it, it's a big – anytime you can get your hands on stone crabs, it's a good thing because it's kind of thing it, – It's what I don't eat stone crabs in Charlotte. <laughs> you know, I don't 
Um, I don't like if I'm in Ohio, I very seldom order crab legs. So it's it's kind of a know your place kind of thing. And when I'm there, I'm probably going to find some seafood. There will likely be stone crabs in my future at some point on Saturday. So we'll see. It's uh, it's always an interesting trip down there. It's a um, it, it's a interesting environment. I mean, Miami's on a roll right now suddenly, and it's kind of curious to me. That's one of the other things I was talking to Boodle about because he grew up in Miami, oh. and, and he was kind of a Hurricanes guy more so than a Dolphins guy growing up. I mean, he talked about, you know, seeing Sean Taylor play when he was young and wanting to be like Sean Taylor. And uh, I, I always think it's fascinating because Miami's one of those markets that – it swings wildly. When they're in on the Dolphins, they're all in on the Dolphins. But if the Dolphins are down, it's almost like they don't exist and everybody's looking at the Hurricanes. So I, I think right now uh, Mario Cristobal is probably thankful that the city of Miami is looking at the Dolphins and not his particular in-game uh, decision-making because not taking a knee and running out the clock the other night went to – Led to bad things for the Canes. I was so. going to say, he probably really likes that fact because I was very locked on that game yeah. as an alumnus of the uh, University of Georgia um, because Georgia Tech is, you know, our sworn rival we like to beat up on even though, you know, there, there's a talent discrepancy there. But um was watching that and I was like, huh, how did you let Georgia Tech do that? And then I was like, huh, your own decisions. But there's a lot of controversial calls on that too. We don't have to get into that, but there was like – was it actually a fumble? Was it actually a touchdown? Like, there's been, like, think pieces about that. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, you should have never put yourself in that it situation, was, take the knee. However— Here's what I know. It was definitely a bonehead decision. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but then you could get all, like, in the weeds of it. And it's it's been funny to watch the platform formerly known as Twitter kind of explode about that. But I watched that live, actually, from our Detroit hotel room, and I was like, wow. And we could do a whole podcast about this, but (laughs) that platform formerly known as Twitter, which is all I'm ever going to call it, by the way, um, I'm feeling liberated by spending less and less time on that platform with every passing day. I mean, it's just – I think it's getting worse and worse. I tend to – tune out a lot of the noise and again going back to what we were talking about at the top of this podcast there's a difference between actual problems and fake problems and yelling at people on twitter feels like the fakest problem of all right now uh given everything that's going on in the world and the football team and everything else it's just like this is the time when you focus on what's real and not what's fake so spending less time there's been good for me i'll be honest with you i'm right there with you i'm right there with you i uh I've been, again, we talk about it, but if you look at my app breakdown, if it's not Slack or, you know, Safari, like, honestly, I do a lot of, like, work research and stuff, but if it's nothing like that is the New York Times Games app. I'm addicted to crosswords. I've done so many. I hit a new personal best yesterday. Um, I finished a, I finished a Monday crossword in seven minutes. I was really proud of myself for that, so... I'm having I'm having some good strides in my personal life. I'll smile about that on the happy half hour. There you my go. My crossword prowess. <laughs> we can go crosswords. We can go Wordle. We can go connections. We can go. We can go spelling bee. I'm a big spelling guy. You're not completely hooked on that yet, but I've got a pretty good streak of genius going, which is the only place in my life where I have a streak of genius going. So I'm taking it for what it is. I'm finding the positives where I can, and we'll declare. Happy half hour on that note. <laughs> 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.